Gartner Managing Vice President Karsten Kasper says the high number of breaches in which personally identifiable information is pilfered are caused, in part, by well-intentioned IT security organizations that focus too much on compliance and not enough on assessing risk. Hello, I'm Eric Charbro of Information Security Media Group, and I caught up with Kasper at the 2015 Gartner Security and Risk Management Summit outside Washington just days after the U.S. federal government's Office of Personnel Management disclosed a breach that might have exposed the PII of 4 million current and former federal government workers. I asked Casper why so many of these breaches are occurring. One of the main reasons is that they're paying too much attention still to compliance matters. They want to do the right thing, but they don't know what the right thing is. So they look at whatever standard or requirements they can identify, and they try to cross the T's and dot the I's and check the boxes, and they're failing to prioritize the investments for the things that really matter. What we see increasingly happening with successful companies is that they pursue more of a risk-based approach where they would say, where are the real business values, where are the real business requirements, top-down approach information security rather than bottom-up, and focus on getting that secure. If you go too much bottom-up, looking at data rather than information, you do an inventory, you try to secure everything there, you spread your investments too far, and that's an issue. Let me ask you, you said looking at data instead of information, what's the difference? Well, <laughs> it's a good, good question. There's data, there's information, there's knowledge, there's wisdom, there's some theory about that. For me, the main difference is data is the technology perspective, information is the business perspective. Information is what really matters, knowledge even more. But mostly we differentiate data and information. If you say information, you think about what I'm going to do with this, which citizens do I serve with this, which uh, products can I sell with this. That's more the business perspective. Data, on the other hand, is the stuff, the bits and bytes that goes on the networks and servers. And I have a hard time then differentiating whether data is important or not. That's easier to do with information because that's what you actually do then with the data afterwards. You said this checkbox uh, mentality of complying with regulations. Don't these regulations have value? And uh, if not through the checkbox approach, how, how... How should the organization approach it? Well, of course, regulations have value. I'm not going to doubt that. But I would also say that regulations are changing and increasingly introducing the idea that you can't get it right for everybody. You have to focus somewhere and introducing this risk-based approach. Being from Europe, there's currently a discussion going on for a new data protection regulation where they discuss exactly that. To what extent can we introduce risk-based thinking in the directive rather than telling people what they have to do, explaining that they need to uh, compile a risk register and uh, uh, identify business requirements, business objectives, and with that prioritize their investments better. So the legislators are working also more of a risk-based approach into the legal requirements, but but if you look at what's out in the market, oftentimes, I'm thinking SOX in particular, maybe even PCI, DSS, it's, it's an old type of legal requirement and not suited for the digital age and the digital business, Internet of Things, and so forth. Taking a risk-based approach rather than dictating security requirements could be at the heart of new regulations that the European Union could enact by year's end, replacing all national laws. And part of the hurdles on this legislative process is exactly this. To what extent can we add a risk-based perspective to this legal text? Law cannot tell people what to do. A legal 
requirements are change much more long term than the technical basis new products appear on the market always on a monthly basis right five years ago we didn't know what the internet of things was now it's there and we're still applying the same laws the european directive is from 1995 now we have 2015 so that's 20 years later the law that they discuss now is going to last what another 20 years we don't know what the technology is like in 2000 years so every legal requirement should stay far away from any technology implementations which makes it harder for enterprises to do anything because looking at the law they don't know what to do it needs interpretation few laws talk about encryption for example the question do we have to encrypt by law is well, it's an understandable question, but there's no answer because the law doesn't talk about encryption, and rightly so. Because in five years' time, maybe encryption is not the, the state-of-the-art technology anymore. Maybe it's something else with, that we don't know yet about. So the law has to stay technology agnostic, and we have to interpret that in the specific context of the country, the industry, the size of the problem, the risk that we're facing. A lot of companies work in Europe. They work here in the U.S. They work in Asia. Uh, what would the impact of this law would have with multiple multinationals here in the United States or perhaps in India. It's going to send some signals about where the privacy space overall is going. Uh, the old directive had set the direction. Similar concepts have been implemented in other countries outside the United States. And I would expect a similar signal to come from this new regulation, um, not necessarily turning things around everywhere. It has a major impact because it's not just one country with a new law, it's the whole European Union with a new law, so what that's uh, 400 million people. So obviously the world is watching. Our conversation segued from the impact of privacy protection legislation the EU is considering to trust, especially the trust EU nations have in the United States in light of revelations that the U.S. National Security Agency spied on its European allies. I think they fear to be betrayed, to be betrayed. The discussion is not new with the NSA. Um, it just runs under the new headline now. We used to call it the Patriot Act. Now it's called Snowden NSA Prison. It has to do with this creepiness, with this we're being watched. Nobody likes that. We did a survey where we asked what sort of measures organizations put into place after the NSA revelations, uh, whether they introduced a technical protection, whether they moved data centers, for example, outside the U.S. or in, in, uh, created new data center outside the U.S. There's one data point in particular that I found very compelling, and that is that the question, did you create data centers outside the United States after the NSA revelation, about, I forgot the exact number, something like 20 for 25% of the Germans said, yes, we did. But more Americans said they did. U.S. Americans. More than Germans, even. Why Which do you is, suspect that? Well, it's, first, it's counterintuitive, right? So the Germans make a big deal about this, but the U.S. Americans are even more concerned about data center location because of the NSA revelations. What it tells me is we're on the same boat here. Nobody likes being watched. It's not a transatlantic divide, a political one. Partly it is, but more importantly, it's a 
It's a divide between the private sector, the citizen, and specific parts of the public sector. It's this distrust between the different sectors that is the issue here. It's not necessarily a conflict between the United States and the European countries. That's important to note, and that's not necessarily something you hear a lot about in the, in the public debate. And with China and Russia, they're seen as adversaries anyway, so it's not quite the same reaction? It's not quite the same reaction. Yeah, it's one thing to spy among friends. It's another thing to spy among, I don't know which, which word to use here. This spying among friends falls back on Europeans as well, where now, uh, with a bit of distance, you see that the Germans actually collaborated very well with the NSA activities, which causes friction within Germany and within the European partners. Did Germany spy on the French, for example, to put it simply? And again, you see that the issue is not so much between countries, it's between the public sector and the private sector, because the French companies are worried about the German spying. It's not necessarily this friction on the political side. Does it make it hard for European countries to come to agreements on certain IT security matters? Certainly, and it makes it harder, I would also argue, for Europe to come up with a consistent privacy law, because like in the transatlantic debate, there's uh, something that happened to the trust relationship and that's that's critical that's more important than any IT security measures that you can put in place encryption firewalls what have you uh, losing this trust between partners for the processing of confidential data or intellectual property or in our case here personal data that's a really critical thing though that's what we need to tackle re-establishing this trust between partners that's Berlin-based Gartner Managing Vice President Kasten Kasper I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.